welcome everybody to Indie Comics. It is 2021. Can you believe it? We made uh, it. We're here. It's going to be a great year. It started off a little rocky, but I have positivity. There's a lot of great comics coming out, at least. Silver lining of all things all the time, indie comics. And today we have an amazing episode for you. A really, really cool creator who recently started his own publishing. Uh, incredible human being, Fabrice Sapolsky. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's great. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We also have uh, everybody's favorite co-host when he's able to join us. He's making <laughs> a face right now, but it, I think it's true. Tyler. <laughs> howdy, 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 howdy. Let's let's storm the indie comic scene with uh, Fabrice. That was terrible. That was, <laughs> that was so it's too soon. It's, it's too soon. Um, indie comics is a place of happiness and love, and we're going to give you great stuff today and always. Fabrice, you have an amazing history of creating comics, both in the Spider-Verse and amazing indie comics. Uh, yes. Fair Square Comics, your label. Yes. Tell us about everything. Tell us how you got your start in comics entirely. Oh, wow. Start at the beginning, page one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it's always a tricky question. And it's the right? easiest, hardest question to answer. Because especially for a person like me, because I, I don't fit any mold. I, I don't get any... In, into any boxes and 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 I think it shows after like 25 years in this industry so for me it, it started uh, by a uh, by reading an issue of Spider-Man on the floor of my apartment on a uh, Saturday of January 1998 that is specific I like that yes and that's specific because that day I had an idea that would change my life forever. And that, and that was an idea for a magazine about American comics. And uh, I, so I was born in France. I was born in Paris, France. And this is where I grew up and, and spent most of my adult life because I only moved to America uh, almost six years ago. And, um, and at the time, I was working as a graphic designer. And I was bored to death um, by uh, by everything around. Um, I was in the publicity and, and industry, and it was not really entertaining. And I always wanted to be in the press. And so I had like multiple passions, and and one of those was comic books, and the others were the other was was press. So I said like, uh, let's make a magazine about American comics because it's the thing that makes my heart beat. And I turned to my partner at the time, and she said to me, well, then do it. And then I quit my job and did it <laughs> without any safety net. That is uh, amazing. Like, yeah, and I, yeah, French people are very bold and very passionate and romantic. So that's, that's what I did. So I did that. And um, issue one, the magazine was called Comic Box. And issue one hits the stands, July 1998, boom, 10,000 copies. And then I'm like, oh, wow. wow, there's something here. <laughs> um, so we kept going. Uh, but after three years, uh, we had to uh, close shop for a lot of reasons that we don't have time to, to explore today. But, uh, but that, that dream uh, was like 
I felt like I hadn't say anything I had to say. So I found a way to bring the magazine back a couple of years later. And the magazine, the magazine old run ended up being 17 years. Oh, wow. Well done. Yes. Yes. I mean, That's I could have 19 years total and 17 years uh, of publication because there was those, those years where we were not there. Yeah. Um, but midway through, after 13 years being the editor-in-chief and art director of that magazine, I was in London. It was 2006. I was there to try to convince a publisher named uh, Titan to work with my company. At the time, I was like doing other magazines and kids' magazine and stuff for other publishers. And I wanted to, to convince them to do a Batman magazine with me because they had the Batman license for Europe. Oh, wow. And and uh, so before the meeting, I had breakfast with my friend David Hine. And I met David um, a couple of years before in San Diego. And I don't know if you guys know who Richard Starkings is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So He's Richard, been, on the, been on our show before. Yes. So Richard Starkings is an old friend. And Richard used to have those uh, networking breakfasts at the San Diego Comic-Con every year. So... He was like, okay, you're, you're on my breakfast on Saturday. So you would show up on the Saturday. I think it was at the Hyatt um, uh, in San Diego during the con. And he would say like, okay, you don't know who's going to be there, but it's going to be good. So he, <laughs> he would sit you next to the person you needed to talk to. And you didn't know. That him. is incredible. <laughs> Richard, Richard is a crazy, awesome, very highly intelligent man Look, who, man. He's, I, I give credit to Richard Starkings <laughs> for kickstarting my career as a career in comics. And I give him credit for planting the seeds of me moving to the United States. That's so amazing. Richard Starkings is a very important person in my world. Absolutely. So that year, it was like, I think it was 2004, 2005. I'm seated next to David Hine. And we got along really fine because David Hine speaks French because his partner is French. So he lives in London in a French-speaking home. But strangely enough, he never spoke French with me. That's the sad part. He refused to speak French with me. Uh, he said, like, oh, you're good enough. You'll understand. I don't need to make an effort with you. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> He so, knew that you had to move to the States, so he was preparing you. I don't know. At the time, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. So flash forward to 2006. <laughs> I have a breakfast with my friend Dave in the, 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 the very French area of Kensington, London. For people who know London, Kensington is the place where you have most of the French people living. And um, so we meet there for a little breakfast. And... Literally three hours before, I was not really sleeping, I had this dream of a very dark and greedy Spider-Man that was swinging across town in the 1930s and uh, was accused of murdering J. Jonah Jameson. And when I tell my dream to Dave, and I said, look, I only have this and the name. It has to be called Spider-Man Noir. And Dave looks at me and he says, that's never going to work. Forget it. <laughs> and now it's in a feature film. And, uh, and so I went to my meeting. The meeting was very pleasant, but 
didn't go anywhere. And then I took my train back to Paris where I was living. And you have to remember that it was 2006 at a time where we didn't have like Wi-Fi everywhere. We didn't have like, it, I, I mean, smartphones were really, it was the beginning of smartphones. The old yeah. days. The, access. the before time. The, yes, the before time. <laughs> Facebook was like in its, in its infancy. And uh, yeah. so uh, I come back to Paris, 10.30 p.m., I check my emails, and then I find this long email from Dave saying, wait, I thought about your idea all day. Maybe if we add this and change that and move this this direction, it can work. Let's talk tomorrow. And I was like, yes, yes. That's so cool. A month later, I was in New York uh, for Comic Box because I needed to, to be at Marvel for marketing and publicity reasons. And I had lunch with the then... Uh, director of marketing, Jim McCann, who's now a writer. He's now a comic book writer and, a, and he works in television. And, uh, and, but at the time, he was the marketing director and the, our liaison at Marvel. So I go to the Marvel offices. I take him to lunch. And before we end, I tell him, Jim, I have this idea. It's called Spider-Man Noir. This is this and this and that. And I'm doing it with David Hine. What do you think? Do you think it's something that Marvel would be interested in? And he said to me, and I will never forget that, he said to me, I haven't told you anything, but do it now. Do it now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So I called the restaurant. I called up Dave immediately. And I said, Dave, we have to finish the pitch today. And I was in New York. He was in London. He said, okay, all right. And we finished the pitch. And a day after... He sent it to Joe Quesada. So remember, I was a newbie. I was a newbie. Joe Quesada used to be the editor-in-chief at Marvel at the time. But Dave was a published writer, and I was not. So had I sent the pitch myself, it would have been destroyed. Mm. But Dave, Dave made it happen. Dave set the pitch, and Joe Quesada immediately answered, let's talk. I'm interested. And then three weeks later, we had a contract, we had an editor, and, and then the rest is history. So Wow. Things either happen very slowly or very quickly with comics. Well, we oh, my God. That, remember that it was pre-Disney. It was two, we signed yeah. our contract in 2007, and most of, the two, most of 2007, we prepared the first miniseries that would be the, the Spider-Man Noir original miniseries that we did. Uh, and, and then nothing. Nothing happens. And then, yeah. and, and, and then we were in 2008, we were in San Diego <clears throat> and I was with Dave and, and we were like really worried and we were honestly pissed off that nobody has told us what, where the project was. We, we thought it was canceled. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that my editor was going to be there. So I spot him on the Marvel booth and I get there to talk to him. And his answer was absolutely phenomenal. He said, uh, I said, where's my book? And he said, look for previous catalog in two months. That was his only answer. <laughs> <laughs> you think they'd be keeping you updated on that? <laughs> so wow. come, come September of 2008, uh, and um, one week before the previous catalog comes in, I see an ad for X-Men Noir. And I'm like, what the 
Spot. Oh. <laughs> what is this thing? So oh my gosh. There's no news about Spider-Man Noir, but there's an ad for X-Men Noir. What is going on here? Ugh. And um, so I called up. I write. Uh, this time I write. I write to, to Warren. Warren Simons was my editor at the time. Uh, and now, of course, he's the editor-in-chief of Bad Idea. Um, after going to Valiant or everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he said, next week. And yes, the week after, Spider-Man Noir was announced, but as part of a whole noir line with four oh books. My gosh. And that's why they kept us in the dark for so long, because we came with the idea, but they found it so interesting that they developed, they rushed the production of three other series to create a whole line around Spider-Man Noir. So, oh, wow. Yeah, but then after, I mean, Spider-Man One was different. It had its own flavor. It's the only noir book that survived that that line, and I think that that's also because uh, Spider-Man One was created very organically. Yeah, and, and it was the only character with superpowers. Mm. Um, Absolutely, made it very different, but 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 it, it was that. So that was my secret, not so secret origin. <laughs> but then, but then, what do you do after that? What do you yeah. like? You're doing like you're going from journalist covering comics to having your first professional writing gig at Marvel Comics, which is every fanboy's dream. Yeah. And then after that, I got stuck writer's block for two years. Oh wow! And it took me until 2000 until 2011 to be able to create another project which, ironically, uh, was for the French market. It was not even for the American market. Um, but I just got the rights back, and it's going to be published uh, sometime this year or early. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. What's it called? It's called Black Box. And he was, uh, he was created with the late and very talented uh, Tom Lyle, who was mm. one of my good friends. And, um, I mean, Tom passed away last year. I'm so sorry. 2019. Yeah. I said last year because I still think we're in 2020. Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, he passed away in November of, of, of 2019. And, and Tom, Tom was like, he uh, was a, a very generous person. Yeah. And, um, and he's also very important in my career because he invited me. He was also, I mean, of course, he created Spoiler and, and Tim Drake and, and, and and he worked on the um, on the scarlet. He created the scarlet spider for Marvel, so we bonded very quickly. Um, and at the time when I met him, it was t- 2010. Uh, he he was not doing comics anymore. He was uh, he was working as a professor at the Savannah Creative Arts and Design School, GAD. Yep. And um, and he invited me to SCAD. I, I went first time in, in 2014, and then I, I went back as an editor uh, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, and, 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 and let me tell you that I'll never get over the loss of Tom. Tom, um, Tom was absolutely amazing. I mean, we, we would like, we would fight sometimes, like <laughs> in our book, we, we fought a few times i think that's he, healthy in a creative process right that was yeah. very healthy and i mean he was like uh, uh 
I think it, in the 80s, his editors uh, nicknamed him Potty Mouth Lyle. Uh, <laughs> Because he, he, he was very honest, you know, he was like straight. Yeah. But I'm like that too. I'm very blunt. So, yeah. so we loved each other very much. And, and, uh, and I think it showed uh, every time we were together. And, and it was really, really fantastic. And, and when we did our book, Black Box, he was invited to the Angoulême Festival in France to promote the book in 2012. And we had a wonderful time. And then uh, because SCAD also had a, 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 a kind of a... a, a a branch of their school in France too. So he was there and, and, and I met his wife and like he was, they were really lovely people. So uh, this is a, a tragic loss for, for, for our industry. And, and I'll always be grateful that, that I met this person because Tom was, was really, and, and I know that he also helped tons of other students that he taught sequential arts to, uh, I met a lot of them through my my trips uh, to SCAD. Some of them remained friends. Some of them I gave their first job in comics, and and it's a way for me of 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 giving back, you know, a, a, everything that Tom gave me. And, and I hope that, I mean, I still need to talk to Sue, his widow, but I hope that we can honor him by releasing Black Box in the United States pretty soon because the book has been done for 10 years. So we just need to uh, polish it a little bit. Um, and, and, and it will be released and people will see a, a very different uh, artist than the one that they, they discovered uh, with Marvel and, and DC comics. So absolutely. So that's there's so that. Special. Yes. Well, we look forward to that. I, I believe it will happen. And I think that's such a, a true creator like that leaves such a large legacy, not just, yeah in the work that he's published but in the people that he's touched the the students that he had you um and it extends to to us to the readers and and that's really special that you're able to bring that to america and share more of his work with us you know there's something that is really interesting and i think that the world is ready to hear that but for mm-hmm. a long time I've, I've been preaching this and i've been saying creators before brands mm-hmm. and and i think that your podcast and many other uh, actors of our industry are now conscious that it's great to like your Spider-Man and your Batman, but yeah. how about us? We're yeah. the creators behind mm-hmm. those. We are making these stories happen. And, um, and, and putting on front and center doesn't make the brand weaker. It mm-hmm. makes the brand stronger. And it's the human element that we need to keep because we have to remember where we're coming from. We're coming from a uh, an industry that was not an industry. It was just a bunch of guys that has that had no access to college that were very poor and only could dream of their future. And, um, and myself as an immigrant and as a minority, I feel that in my bones every time I open my computer to start working on comics. Mm. Yeah. So th- this is a very important message. Like yeah. we need to keep thinking about the creators and the human beings before we think about Netflix and brands and how do I, how do I construct, how do I build my own personal brand? No, 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 no. Yeah, We're people telling stories and yes. it starts up with that. that well, and that's, yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go I was ahead. Gonna say, that's, that's what indie comics is about, right? I mean, 
my fiance who actually was going to be here with us tonight. Sorry, Brandon, shout out to you. Um, he got his second COVID vaccine cause he's a paramedic. Um, and he is sleeping. <laughs> I think it, it knocked him out a little bit, but he is like the biggest Spider-Man fan. Um, and he's also a huge indie comics fan. And it's like, those things don't have to be exclusive, but there is a huge difference between a brand and a character that's been around forever that actually Spider-Man, I think is really unique in the way that you have the Spider-Verse and you have all these amazing different versions and like what you did with Spider-Man Noir really took it to a place where it was so creative and so story-driven and so different from your typical, you know, web slinger in New York. Um, Remember that when we did Spider-Man Noir, there was no Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You made made it. Oh, like make- Matt, Matt, was Madam Web even around? Oh, like she wasn't. She was in the last episode of the animated series in the nineties. Never mind. The uh, Madam Web was in the comics before. It was yeah. in Spectacular Spider-Man in the eighties. Uh, mm, but okay. but uh, when we created Spider-Man Noir, there was no Spider Verse, yeah. and and that was one of our biggest fear when we pitched the project was Marvel doesn't do that. DC yeah. even abandoned. So Marvel was not doing any what ifs anymore. DC abandoned their Elseworlds series. We were in the middle of the 2000s and no one cared about alternate realities. And all of a sudden, it becomes the thing. So, (laughs) I don't know if you were like at the right place at the right time. But also, I I also have to credit uh, Dan Slott for for thinking about including Spider Man Noir in the Spider Verse crossover, even though I have my reservations on, on how it was handled. Yeah. But uh, but but he was generous enough to uh, uh, to to make a little room for the character. Funny anecdote. Um, so I was invited to the uh, premiere of the Spider Verse movie. I hope you know. so. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that's well, awesome. Let, let's be honest. I, I think I was invited because uh, Marvel had a, a a bunch of seats, and they didn't <laughs> want they didn't want to 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 show that they didn't have enough creators on site. So mm-hmm. they. I got a call from Marvel to say, hey, you're still in L.A.? Yes, I'm in L.A. Do you want to see the Spider-Verse movie? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I went, I went there with my son, and, uh, and Dan Slott was there. And it was, it was like a month after Spider-Geddon was released, mm-hmm. where Marvel decided to kill off Spider-Man Noir behind mm-hmm. my back. Um, and, uh, and Dan said, sorry, it was not me. <laughs> that's funny like, don't look at me i, I yeah. swear he said, he said, i swear fabrice i swear it's not. <laughs> um, that's amazing that's oh, funny. Right. so uh anyhow um after i did that you have to understand that the first miniseries of spider-man noir and that's that's what brings me to independence yes yeah after i did spider-man noir after i did black box i did something completely different I went to Image Comics, and I did a series called One Hit Wonder. Yeah, with Ariel Olivetti, yeah. among other uh, people. And my first creator owned could have been my last. Honestly, it was oh. hard. It was difficult. People never talk about the hardship, about the, about how difficult it is to get the budget, to pay yeah. high profile artists, to to be to be on time, to keep your team motivated. Yeah. Um, through it because you have no support uh, from the publisher. Publisher is just there to put the book in the catalog. Yeah, and, um, and it's very clear. And there's nothing against Image. That's the deal. Like it's creator own. You're on your own. So 
Tough love. <laughs> I, exactly. I did that. And after two issues, Ariel Olivetti leaves the book because he has personal issues to solve. And he said to me, I need more money and I can't do the, the, that thing anymore. So yeah. here's the rights back. It's all yours. But I, 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 can't, I can't stay. And I said, okay, Ariel, I understand. Um, and at that time, the book had, the, had been solicited. So he leaves and we still have lead time. And, and we can handle it. So I find a Irish artist to replace Ariel for issue three and, and beyond. And I ask him to work from Ariel's layouts because the layouts were done already, uh, which he does. But he's very slow, extremely slow. And mm. so when issue three is done, issue two is just published. So oh, issue... Wow. Three goes to print right after, and we're not late, but we know that issue four is going to be late. Yeah. And at that time, I don't know if you understand how the comic book market works. Issue one can sell a lot. Issue two is going to sell drastically lower. Yep. And issue yeah. three should give you a little bump, which it did. But issue four was late by a month, mm. and orders started to plummet because when there's a warning that your book is going to be late, retailers can change their orders. And then in the middle of issue five, nine pages in, my second artist leaves <sighs> to go to DC. And, uh, and I have to find another artist to finish the last issue of the book, which is a double issue. Because I'm <laughs> and, uh, and so I, it took, it takes me a lot of, another three or four weeks to find the right person. And when I find him, he has to catch up. Yeah. So in the, end, the last issue of the book was published like something like nine months later. And wow. nine months later for the last issue, nobody cared. Hmm. So the last issue didn't, didn't really sell. And, and it, as a result, because of that, Image didn't want to do the trade paperback. Hmm. So I was, it was a very bittersweet experience because I had this series that I really liked that was different. It, yeah. What wonder is the story of a of a child actor who grows up angry and becomes a hitman for the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 goofy. It's 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 a crime comedy book. It's really yeah. different. Um, and and there's potentially a lot of people could be interested by that, but unfortunately, uh, lack of marketing power, and 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 also uh, uh, lack of of help from the universe. Yeah. Um, when it was done. It was too late. So I was kind of burned out after that. Um, and I only got to doing a second creator on, which was uh, a book called Intertwined. Yeah. Uh, in 2016, 2017, only because I grew angry. <laughs> that Marvel would not give us any Spider-Man noir ongoing series. Hmm. Because when I mean when you create a character in such a rich universe, yeah, you have all sorts. Yeah, I had two hundred thousand ideas. What I was going to do with them? Let them die? You can't yeah. do that when you're a creator. You can't let ideas die. Hmm. So I pull I, I pulled the Todd McFarlane. I said, <laughs> doesn't want to give me uh, Spider Man Noir ongoing series. I'm going to create my own character that's going to be a different character. But I'm gonna recycle some of these ideas. Yeah. And 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 it's gonna be my thing. And I and I did intertwine, uh, which is a which is totally me. 
it's yeah. a comic noir series, uh, and it it's a hero's tale told from the perspective of an immigrant dragged to the United States against his will mm. in 1971. Um, and, and I co-created that with a fantastic artist named Fred Famschwong, who's also a French guy like me. Uh, and, and we bonded over Kung Fu movies and Bruce Lee because <laughs> I grew up with that. He grew up with that. And he practices Kung Fu himself. Oh, so, that's cool. And he was like lamenting over like all those comics where Kung Fu is not accurate. It's yeah. not the right moves, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, okay, I want to do this. And when I met uh, Fred, I put him to the test. I said, like, do you really want this book? And he said, yes. So he did a test and he wanted it more than the three other artists that were on my list and were also interested in doing the book. Uh, so we went to Kickstarter. It was my first Kickstarter five years ago. And boom, $13,000. Uh, and then it was hell to complete. <laughs> Uh, because it was a six issue series, because um, because we uh, we signed immediately a contract with Dynamite Comics, and and Dynamite was not the partner that we thought they would be. Um, we were also on our own, um, and and no disrespect for the people at Dynamite, and special shout out to Anthony Marcus, who at the time was an editor. At, at Dynamite, he was our editor at Dynamite, and, and he's he's a friend, and he's now the um, the um, the big boss of the Cubert uh, 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 School. Mm. Oh, cool! In New Jersey, um, and, and and he's a fantastic guy and a great editor. But the problem is that the company was basically not designed for a book like ours. Uh, mm. Most of Dynamite books are uh, licensed properties. They're only doing that. And so it was a very surprising move when they insisted to publish Intertwine, which was not a, a previously made IP. It was an IP that was very young. Yeah. Um, so again, you learn from that. Um, and, and then I, I was called, at the time I was living in New York, I, I, when I came to the US, I, I lived in New York for two years from 2015 to 2017. And then in 2017, um, I, um, I applied for a job at Humanoids to be a senior editor there. And I was hired and I moved to LA. Hmm. And, and I'm still in LA, but I'm not at Humanoids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did fantastic things there. I developed tons of books. Um, some of them are not there yet. I, I, I could uh, participate in creating a whole uh, superhero universe, which is not <laughs> something that you get every day. Yeah. Uh, developing a whole line of, of, of slice of life and, and middle grade and, and young adult titles, yeah. uh, which is also a fantastic experience. And I think it paved the way for Fair Square Comics, my current initiative. I was just about to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, how, how did that come to be? What made you decide to kind of make your own? Uh, the fear of death. <laughs> Food. Just that. <laughs> um, no, well, I, 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 sure, go I, on. Oh, no, I, I actually had a question. Um, with, 
with kind of the uh, so some people would say it's a luxury in the indie comic scene kind of to bounce around projects either it be your own or even maybe joining on something that is long term was there ever an experience with kind of having that freedom uh that really kind of makes you feel at home with indie comics that actually maybe inspired your ground for fair square yes so remember i come from the press and the press is 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 a place where it's it, information is like the news it, 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 you know uh, it, it has to be available as fast as possible for people to uh share it enjoy it understand it decipher it and comics are like the press but as the 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 model shifted towards uh traditional publishing and went from monthly leaflet comics periodicals to books it became a much more traditional model where uh books could take a year two years to be made um and when you're a creator like me you have like all those ideas and it's like it, you, there's no off button you can't turn <laughs> off a creator it's impossible Absolutely. once I was, I was creatively awakened there was no going back and, mm. and hence the frustration because um i think i have creative adhd i mean i don't have adhd i know what it is um uh, i do <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say you're with the right person <laughs> i have a hard time focusing on one project because because yeah. precisely i come from the press and like i used to do like two three four magazines the same month yeah it was, it was not a problem for me so when you don't have that it's kind of a problem so i started piling up ideas all those years and even though they were like uh portions of an idea like chunk of an idea whatever you want to call it um flake of an idea um in, in the end it simmers and and it and it brings it it, it brews and, and it it and it creates something of value yeah. uh, sometimes ideas shift and, and are i mean chris claremont was doing that all the time with the x-men back in the day mm-hmm. like he had like a 20 year plan to do his thing and 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 and, and no one even saw that so um so i was like i think i started really creating 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 from 2015 when i came to the united states it was like it was like a a a burst of creativity uh and and i had all these concepts and and come the 2019 i was still working at humanoids but i was concerned because my ips were not protected so they needed a home, and there was also another factor. And and uh, in the good old days of the conventions, <laughs> remember that we could be very successful as creators. Yeah. Absolutely. And off the heels of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I had a lot of interest from my art. Hmm. I was drawing a lot of Spider-Man noir commissions, and um, and and it shows uh, on on my. Um, revenue and so my uh, uh my uh tax prep guy said i think you want to uh, create an llc and put that money there because and and, and save it for later yeah because, um the irs is going to hit you hard man <laughs> um he was right <laughs> so i created fair square comics as a safe haven for my ips in case yeah. something happened to me but also as a place to st- talk all that money that I made from conventions. Absolutely. So it didn't overlap my personal finances 
and 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 put me in trouble. Mm. Uh, Some uh, good financial advice too for everybody. Yes. <laughs> for creators. Um, yes. Oh, I, I I guess I have a question about you know when somebody kind of makes their own I, I guess uh, IP and we've had Russell Nolte on the show multiple times where. Russell. I, yeah, I love Russell, but you know, so many of the books are almost all, almost all of them are written by him with a couple of people are in there, you know, m- not counting the anthologies, of course, mm-hmm. but um, where do you kind of want to see square uh, fair square be? Do you want it just to be your creative endeavors or would you like it to kind of uh, grow into something where new, new creators can, can find a home as well? I think the answer is in the question because um, when I created it, when I created Fair Square Comics, the, the goal was really to push my own IPs. Because when I was working at Humanoids, I was, I was not, I mean, I, I could have done things of my own. I actually did in the end. Um, uh, but, but it was not my priority. My priority was, and my loyalty was with the company I was working for. Um, and as a result, after 2017, um, I did not do another book after. I mean, yes, I did a short story for Marvel Comics in 2018, but it was really a short gig. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really push. And, and the thing is that when you look at your body of work, I'm like, 2008, when the first issue of Spider-Man War was released, to now, and I, and I looked at it and I said, how many issues in your life did you do? Not that much. And and I was like, my whole catalog is like three graphic novels. What the hell? <laughs> well, they take a long time, especially in the independent world. You're right, but but that's not an excuse. I mean, I've, yeah. I haven't been inactive. I've I've done tons of things, and I've helped yeah. other creators, and and I've and I've done talent management, and and and, and edited books, and 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 plenty of translated, and who else knows? And I learned to draw, but mm-hmm. it was not enough for my taste. Because, like, I'm sorry to say this, I'm 50 years old. How many good years do I have ahead of me? 50, so, at least. You're going to yeah. live to a million. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be a billion years old. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot more comics we expect from you. Come on, we got all those ideas. <laughs> yeah, um, when when I when I unfold my plan, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> I believe so, it. I mean, I uh, love your website, and I'm looking at everything on here because I try to have as much information up. And like, I mean, you you have, uh, I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about those later. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do want to just like shout out at least you know what, what you had uh, put out today, uh, mm-hmm. which is the announcement of Ladybird, and it sounds mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And one thing, love, I, I love, I love the movie that's not based on it at all. But I love, mm-hmm. I just love, I love it, Ladybird. I just, I think it's just a really cool name. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm thrilled for this uh, and it looks awesome so. so let me let me just finish with the, yes, with no, sorry. <laughs> the premise of a fish comics and you will understand how ladybird is important and ladybird is extremely important like mm-hmm. ladybird is the next spider-man or ladybird is the next intertwined yeah. it's it's and it's funny because when i look at um uh, the timeline of things um i think every five or six years I have this big idea for a character that will become very important in my personal life because it's a part of me. And, um, and it's not just a part of me. It's just like, uh, you'll notice that there's a co-writer on, on, on uh, Lady Bird. Uh, that co-writer 
is very special. So, and I'm not going to say anything right now about her, but, uh, but, uh, what's incredible about that is I get into 2020, January 31st, 2020, my employer, humanoids, let me go. And I'm like, what am I going to do? But at the same time, I'm running a Kickstarter for the relaunch of One Hit Wonder. And the Kickstarter is already a success. I failed in 2019 with this same book. Three months later, I repackage it. I change a couple of things. I bring back Ariel Olivetti for a new cover. And boom, it's funded in three days. And I'm like, all right. I'm not at Humanoids anymore. The campaign ends on February 2nd. What am I doing? I just have this book. This is the pandemic. A month later, it was locked down. And, and I was like sending resumes, calling people, sending feelers, whatever. No one had a space for me. And it brought me back, instead of sparking insecurity, which a lot of creators might experience, it gave me rage. Rage to create. Rich to deliver, rich to bring back what I was not allowing myself to bring to the table for the past 10 or, or, or even 20 years because I was not writing enough. And, and for a long time, I was like, how many, how many pages did I produce this year? Uh, 50, 100, that's not enough. And there were some years where there were zero pages. 2018, zero pages. Well, not really, because there's the Spider-Man thing, but it was like video, and blah, blah, blah. It, it was like a very few pages. 2019, zero pages. And so I'm like, I have to do something about it. And as time went by, and I understood that it was going to be increasingly harder to find a job at another comic book company, because let's face it, where you're, when you're the other guy, when you're an immigrant, you're never a priority. American publishers... And that's fair. We'll prioritize American workforce over immigrants. That's the story of not just this country, every country, even the country I'm from. Like you will find, you will find if I was in the in the other situation and I was an American going in France, I would not be prioritized over someone who would be a native. Uh, that's unfair, but that's how it works. That's how the world works. So instead of like being grumpy, I said, well, my side project that is uh, Fair Square Comics has to become my main project or I'm going to blow a fuse. So out of that rage came Lady Bird. And, and Lady Bird, I was looking at one of the biggest problems we have in the United States is the healthcare system. Yes. I'll agree with that a thousand percent. <laughs> a few years back, one of my friend who was working with me on the comic box magazine, his name is Xavier. Xavier handed to me a short story in French called uh, Loiselle, which is 
Ladybird in French. And L'Oiselle was a short story published in 1909, and it was displaying this woman who could fly um, and was part of a circus, and she was, uh, she was uh, uh, as much the hero as much as the victim of her own story. Hmm. And for all this time, I didn't know what to do with it. Xavier said, maybe there's something about this thing, and since it's public domain, you can play with it. And then in 2020, March 2020, I clicked. And I was like, okay, what if not only she could fly, but also her immune system was perfect and she was to become a, um, a source of attention from greedy people who wanted mm. to produce vaccines and drugs uh, out of her blood, out of her health system, and use it, use her as a weapon, uh, weaponize her because she could fly, and um, and then I started creating a new ladybird that would be in 2020, and that would be in a similar position as the ladybird from 1909, but I still yeah. wanted to use the ladybird from 1909, and so with my co-writer, we started developing those two personalities, those two women separated by a hundred years, but faced with the same problems, except one has disappeared. We don't know what happened to the ladybird from the 20th century. And we're focused on the ladybird from the 21st century. But the, the story became so, it, it st I started like uh, filling the gap and, 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 and building that puzzle. And the world building was fascinating because I was asking myself a lot of questions like, okay, what if you were, and it's, uh, this is where you'll see the, the, the kind of affiliation with Intertwine. What if you came from a place that was on no map, that nobody mm -hmm. knew about? Uh, you were dragged to another place to be used, to be captive. Um, and and, and uh, you registered as a citizen of 10 countries. Where do you come from? If you're freed from these chains, and uh, and and Lady Bird is that is that how the, how do we free ourselves from greed, patriarchy, because these two women are the hero of the story, the heroes, the heroines of the story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, how do you free yourself from patriarchy from those people who exploit you? Uh, how do you? change the game how do you flip the script and you avoid uh, and, and you fix the the broken system and so it's a it's a social and political take on our society and our western world for for like 200 years wrapped into a young adult adventure thriller mm. i love that that sounds awesome. I can't wait to well, read it. And I think what a wonderful collaboration, too, between you and Don Starr as your co-writer, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, and, 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 and it's not the only book because, like, there's another book that we're going to do later this year called Man Made. Hmm. And Man Made, the, the main character is a man and a woman. Hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, but he's, he, they, are a detective. Yeah. 
and they're detective, and it's it's it will be my first steampunk noir. Oh, nice. cool! That's awesome. Yeah, um, and I think this one's going to get a lot of attention because it will bring me back to my spider roots, but at the <laughs> same time, it will be something completely new with a new world where yeah. the currency is the limb. Mm. Like there's a virus that destroys limbs. And only the most fortunate can have prosthesis. Mm. And, oh, and wow. So yeah. You can feel it from, from each other. And of course, you have those detectives, just like the ones that we're going to follow, called the Hounsect, because he's fascinated with insects. So the Hounsect uh, is going to be the detective, and his, and his mission is to find the missing limbs from people. Uh, and again, it's a way for me to, to do another socio-political book yeah wrapped into something more action adventure uh uh and in this case steampunk so this is like 2020 was instrumental because and 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 i'm not talking about like the the five other uh, or seven other projects that i counted this morning there are 15 projects that are actually in development at fair square comics wow uh, and 12 of them are by are, are co-created by me or 100% Oh, my famous. gosh. Uh, so that answers your question. Yes, <laughs> there will be others. But Perfect. Also, b- because I like collaboration. I, I, I think you weaken yourself if you're just doing everything. And I don't have like this God complex where everything has to come from me. I like working with others. Um, I, was, I was a Boy Scout. Uh, the team is very important to me. So, um, and, and, and I mean, Spider-Man 1 was a collaboration, um, and uh, uh, Lady Bird is a collaboration, uh, Man Made is a collaboration. There are other collaborations in the works, which I can't talk about right now, but uh, everything is a collaboration at one point. Even like working with another artist is a collaboration. Like, Let, even with, letterers, inkers, everything, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone has their say and, 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 had, and bring something to the table. Which is Absolutely. important. Well, it challenges each other to to do better and and think of new ideas and. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember, like, we've had like guests on in the past who said, "Yeah, like you know, with that collaboration with people doing the different things, you get a little bit more of a uh, the, the the book gets a little bit more of an identity with the more kind of like the more hands and a little bit more touches because an inker is going to read the story in one way and be able to do something." you know, in a style or something, or like, especially a letterer, it's gonna be like, okay, this, this character sounds like their words would look like this and stuff. And, yes. and it's, it's very interesting. Yes. Um, and so to complement your question from like 12 minutes ago, <laughs> um, 2020 was also a very important year because it allowed me to not just really prepare for what, we're going to unleash as Fair Square Comics, but also express uh, my gratitude, my rage, and my solidarity with the Black community through this project that my my buddy T.C. Harris and myself have been developing for Fair Square Comics called Noir's the New Black. I was going to ask you about that. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Noir's the New Black is... is it, so it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. It's like, you must be crazy to take 
40 creators and have them play the same partition together. Uh, but we're doing it. It's like we're 10 pages from completion. Uh, we're doing it. It, it, it was, like, but it was like such an amazing. I learned a ton. I suffered a ton. Uh, and I will keep suffering, but I would do it again a hundred times because, look, there's something that people have to understand when you're a minority and you grow up in a different country. Your American rules don't apply. I come from a reality where, as a Jewish person, I got the racial slurs, I got the beat ups, I got the I I got the the. Uh, Every week was like, oh, there's a new anti-Semitic thing that's going on in my country. Um, I had all that. And we were very, very few. Like, Jews in France are 0.5% uh, of the population. So we're very, very few. Um, and, and so, of course, there's all these uh, tropes and, and, and mythos about us. And, 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 and so when I was growing up, looking at the black community was like looking at a big brother that was having a bigger fight, that was fighting a bigger fight. And, uh, and I always, I've always be grateful to all those great musicians, artists, um, creators from the American black community that gave me hope when everything was dark around me. And, uh, and at one point when things were going crazy last year and the death of George Floyd and, and the death of all the others, I was like, what can I do? And of course, when, when you're an immigrant, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a permanent resident. I have a green card. But when you get your green card, the U.S. administration tells you that you're a guest. So don't overstep your boundary. They could kick you out. And I didn't want to be kicked out. So I'm paying attention. And I, especially with the previous administration, I was paying attention to everything online. I was not, I was not trying to be political. I had friends who wanted me to uh, participate in, in book, in anti-Trump books. And I said, no, I can't, because if I do anything, it could put me in danger. And I don't want to be in danger. I think I need to stay because I have something bigger that I have to do. Um, here and I'm not done. Uh, but but talking with T.C. Harris, him and I started like bouncing around that idea of making a comic that would be a positive thing that would raise the voices of, of, of black creators from around the world, but also where unlike other initiatives, they would keep all their rights. Because honestly, and that's the, the big thing that is the big difference between Fishware Comics and other publishers is that I'm not interested in, in taking a stake in someone else's property. I'm not interested at all. Like all the creators that through will come and indie publisher. All the creators that will come and be published through Fairsquare Comics will keep 100% of their rights. I just want to be the publisher. I will tell them, I will make money on you, but that's fair. Here's what I'm going to make. Um, but if you want to drive in my company, we're going to make something bigger together. 
and and you'll you'll see and you'll note and and if you're I know Tyler that you're looking at my website, um, you'll soon see uh, the cover of Noir is the New Black appear. And the cover of Noir is the New Black has a fair square logo that is not green but purple. Because this is how I manifest it. The green logo is only for IPs that are owned by me and Fair Square Comics. The others are the purple ones. It's like my friends, our friends. So the purple Fair Square, it's creator-owned from other creators. And then you have the blue one after, which will be for the other books that we are going to license from other publishers all around the world and bring to the United States, which is something that I want to do too. So everything will be very clear in terms of rights. If you go with the green, you support me. If you go with the purple, you support the creators of that book. And if you go with the, the, uh, the blue, you're, you're in the presence of a licensed property. So that way, everything is easy to identify. And to me, the question of ownership was crucial. Fair square. A lot of, of my peers have tried to convince me to take a, a, a chunk of, of other people, like to bring the, 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 the value of my company up. But I was like, no, I want to bring the value of my company up on my own merit. On my yeah, own. That's what makes it fair square. <laughs> yeah. It's fair and square. Yeah. Well, and I, I love, love it. that it's, it's comics for the rest of us. Like that tagline exactly. is so crucial and i love that it's about bringing up minority voices and immigrant voices and yeah. you know people that often are marginalized and don't are not heard on the level that everyone should be and i think that's you know that's what we're here for too as as an indie comics podcast is is raising up voices of amazing creators um that maybe don't have that light and so it's really really cool that you've made this company and that you know it started as something that was more for you and it's it's become something so much bigger uh and yeah. that's that's your power and, and it's amazing and we're so excited for everything to come and, uh, from and fair square and from you whether we we win or lose we had we already had like some some moments where we doubted like last year we did a campaign for a book called twin kings battle and we didn't reach the goal on kickstarter and and so i turned to and, and twin kings battle is a very good book and it's a it's it's the first ever lgbtq young adult supernatural drama um, and it's and it's very it, it it looks like a boy's love. It's like, and and it was a love letter to to all these Asian dramas, you know, um, because like manga are full of 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 queer comics, and uh, but but in the U.S., like a lot of people didn't understand. Uh, some people call me up and say like, "Are you gay?" And I'm like, "Do I have to be gay to publish a queer comic?" No, I just believe in the story. You should ask yourself the right question. The right <laughs> question is, why did I partner with Phil Briones to do this book? Because I think Phil Briones is brilliant and because I think that the story is good. So as an editor, I pride myself in bringing that story to the world. And, and so we didn't reach the goal. So I turned to Phil and, 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 and I said to him, we're not going to give up because we don't do that. We don't give up. And he said, okay, so let's recapture and, and let's do it. And, uh, and the book is going to be released anyway. Yeah. So there's a character called Leah in Intertwine. And that character is a Chinese Jewish woman 
that flies to the United States and poses as a guy to escape a forced marriage. It's the first time, and, and I was like lamenting this with, uh, actually with a, uh, one of the black artists of, of our, uh, of our Noir's the New Black anthology. And I was saying to him like, look, there's something very sarcastic here, very ironic. Uh, this industry was created by Jews, 80 years. But what is the uh, main characters that are the most absent from Marvel and DC Comics right now? Jewish characters. Because everyone wants a piece of their representation, which I understand perfectly. It's about time. But you can't exclude your dad or your mom <laughs> from the equation. Uh, so it, it's kind of my mission now to, um, to kind of change that and, and bring positive and diverse Jewish characters to comics because people deserve to know who we are. Like I have my family in different parts of the world and a lot of Americans have no idea who we are. They have no idea that what they see on TV is not everyone's reality. They don't know that there are a lot of Jews that are suffering, still suffering from persecutions that are still suffering from, uh, from like specific health issues that are, are, that are in, in poverty, that are in, in, in very dire situations. They are not protected. And, and, and people have to read that. People have to know that. So uh, it's, it's very important to, because comics are a mirror of reality. They, they always have been. And they, they have to keep being the mirror of our society. Um, and, and, and that's what I find beautiful is that it's like Star Trek, you know? In Star Trek, you're in space, but you're in the 1960s of America. Mm -hmm. uh, in and look what they were able to do with that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Gene Roddenberry revolutionized television. Absolutely. The diversity he was able to present. And, and I mean, I just think your comics are incredible. What you're doing with Fair Square is incredible. Thank I'm you. so excited to see the future. I feel like we could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> um, but, you know, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you my, for my my your storytelling, for what you're creating here, you know, both with your own comics and bringing in diverse, amazing creators where it's not just one thing. It's, it's everybody. It's bringing everybody into the fold, telling yeah. everyone's different stories and, it sounds like we have a whole lot to expect from you in the coming year and years and your 50 more years of life. Yes. <laughs> you better outlive all of us. And um, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Two things. One, uh, I'm always looking for interns. <laughs> hey. Uh, because I'm, right now I'm a one-man operation. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of exhausting. So yeah. I'm always looking for interns. There's a, there's a form on the Fair Square Comics website. So if some of your uh, listeners are interested in, in, in getting uh, credits and experience, uh, I will gladly uh, sign up for that with them. That's a great opportunity. Thank you. And Absolutely. The other thing is uh, that's a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it first. I'm going to launch a magazine. Oh, oh wow. Back to your roots. Yes, but it's going to be a magazine that will bridge the gap between mainstream and independent comics because I was mm. tired of, oh, it's the corporation versus the independent. No. Yeah. When you're a reader, you like to have your independence and you like to have your Spider-Man. 
Yeah, it's all storytelling. So exactly. So this magazine will be called Mutiny. It will become mm. oh cool very very soon, um, and um, and it will have independence, mainstream, everybody under the same roof. That's awesome. Get ready. <laughs> I am I'm ready. A- Let's right I'm now. Ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fabrice. That is an awesome scoop. I can't wait to read that. I can't wait to read all your new comics. Um, You are incredible. Fair Square is incredible. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show at some point if you're... Whenever you want, you guys are... (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're going to get in trouble. We'll call you all the time. (laughs) But yeah, you have so much coming up. We are thrilled to keep promoting you and keep uh, sharing your stories because you have a lot to say. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Let's well, keep thanks. let's keep keep ourselves posted. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, please. And yeah, you will. Our listeners, uh, go apply to be an intern. Oh my gosh, what a great opportunity! Yes. Uh, look for a mutiny to come, Ladybird. There's so much coming out from Fair Square. Thank you, yes. Fabrice, for joining us, and thank, thank you, you loyal listeners. Yay. You can check, yeah, you can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and so much more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us which of Fabrice's 9 million upcoming comics you're the most excited for. Uh, Tell us what your favorite character is. Tell us, you know, everything about this episode and what you loved. Um, Only great things. Five stars. I don't know how many stars there are. Ten stars. Thank you. Please let us know what you think. We want to engage with you. You can also stay updated on our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, and we Twitch on Let's Play. (laughs) Excuse me. And we stream on Twitch and Let's Play. Tyler's on there all the time. Check him out. You know, go talk to him. Make fun of his gaming. I don't even know what he does on there, but you should check it out. Um, I pretty much can make fun of for gaming. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) The intro is provided by Carlisle Laurent, and you can buy Fabrice's amazing comics and find out more at fairsquarecomics.com. We'll have a ton of info on our GGG resources. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Grand Geek Gathering